0: Welcome to the RV Navigator podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator.
1: And Martha, the co-pilot.
0: Uh, and we are once again at home, enjoying early December. Ah, December 1st, exactly. The yeah. snow is falling. Oh, so we are thinking of Christmas. We have the Christmas carols on, and we're going to give you some tips about things you should buy for Christmas for your favorite RVer. <clears throat> like, um, maybe... <clears throat> yes? Well, uh, <clears throat> well, just maybe. Well, we appreciate all of the emails that we've received this month, and uh, our... Podcast listening is up. I don't know how many people we have listening to the podcast, but uh, we have over 10,500 downloads as of this moment.
1: That's pretty amazing. I
0: know. And we do appreciate all of your listenership, and we hope that you'll send us some comments. Um, One of the comments that I've gotten a couple times this month is that uh, the volume, my volume is less than than Martha's volume, and that my volume fluctuates, and... I think part of the reason for that is because I'm always having to do the technical details. We don't have a recording engineer here. Or a studio. <laughs> or a studio in order to, uh, to do the podcast. So I sometimes have to move around just a bit in order to uh, take care of some technical details as we do the podcast. So and I, I, I will try it, very hard.
1: It's affected a lot by where we are. I think last month we were yes. in a hotel room and this month we're in our home. And next month we'll be in our motorhome
0: where we will be once again on the road.
1: Escaping um, from the snow.
0: But today's topics, um, we're going to try to bring you up to date with some of the things that are going on in the RV world, now that we know about them. Give you a little bit of uh, debriefing about uh, what happened to us in Ireland. Uh, you remember last month we, were, we left you hanging, I'm sure, in, the, uh, in, in Bangkok or Hong Kong, I guess, and we were on our way to Ireland, and we were going to do a driving trip there. And we have now arrived home, and that was all done safely. We'll let you know that right up front. we am going to give you some tips about uh, things things to buy and some of our impressions about RVs from around the world.
1: So how about those Christmas presents?
0: Well, I have some ideas about things that uh, your favorite RVer may like to get. I would think that uh, maybe you want to take a look at the Coil & Wrap website. And, of course... The information is navigator at rvnavigator.com if you'd like to send us an email, and then of course the website is rvnavigator.com. That's going to be especially important this month because that's where all of the links are going to be to all of the topics that we're going to talk about. So when I mention Coil & Wrap, uh, go to the website and uh, click on the link rather than me giving out all the URLs as we talk, but you have actually used Coil & Wrap many times. Because they make little Velcro fastener doodads, especially for RVers, to wind up your your hoses and your your cords. cords. And they make an especially cool new thing, which um, is, I don't know what it's called, a plug caddy, so that you can easily unplug your large connector out of the...
1: Oh, so I can pull on it and get it out of the electric socket. Yeah, now that we have that... Honkin big one for yes. a motorhome. It's really hard <laughs> to get this, in and this out. This wire
0: that's the size of your wrist. It's hard to get in and out of the plug. So they make all sorts of cool little gizmos for RVers to and make RV life easier. And that's what the whole thing is about. That I suggest is maybe a small GPS for podcast caching. We talked uh, a couple of episodes. Well, actually, quite a few episodes ago about podcasting. And podcasting is the ideal sport or activity for. RVers, because you go to different parts of the country, and this allows you to see things that you otherwise wouldn't see. But you need a little GPS, a handheld type of GPS, which these days cost less than hundred dollars, so that when you get out of your RV, you will be, or out of your car, you can find the actual podcast itself. And remember, these are little trinkets that you find that you find and replace with other little trinkets. And it's just kind of a fun thing that you can do on a Sunday afternoon. Take as much time as you want to. And because there are hundreds of thousands of pod caches hid, hidden throughout the United States and throughout the world, you can do it just about any place you are.
1: I found something really nice, too. Unfortunately, oh. I bought it for myself. I can not wait for Santa. Oh, jeez. No, um,
0: no I, hints given.
1: I can cook, but I'm not really... Um, Fond of cooking and it would be much better for me if you only had to cook once a week instead of three times a day. So uh, I'm always looking for ways to make that whole ordeal a little bit easier. And last year when we came out of Mexico with another couple, uh, they invited us over for dinner and they served us some wonderful uh, barbecued hamburgers that they had made Sounds very ordinary, at but... home. And at home. They barbecued shrink-wrapped them, at home. them. Yeah, so they had that nice, smoky, barbecue flavor. And they had Homemade shrink-wrapped so. them and frozen them and had them in their freezer uh, all through Mexico, and they were um, easy to thaw, and she just microwaved them. And in five minutes, we had a delicious hamburger dinner. It tasted uh,
0: just like it came off the grill.
1: Without a lot of effort on her part. At Thank least you, at Mary. And uh, she showed us the gizmo that she used, which was a fairly large, maybe one foot by two foot appliance uh, and special plastic bags that you needed to seal uh, the food inside before you wrapped it. And it was nice heavy plastic so the food wouldn't get freezer burned, which is why it was still tasty even after months in her RV freezer.
0: So it sucks out the air and then seals up the end with heat.
1: But her gizmo was kind of big, I thought, and and, you know, when you're in an RV, you don't have all that much space, and you really have to think carefully about every nook and cranny and how you're going to use it. So the other day we were in Sharper Image, and we saw um, a device that does a similar sort of thing, but it's about as big as my hand, and it's made by a company called Oliso, O L I S O and uh, the thing that's as big as my hand is what plugs in and it has a little uh, needle that punctures the plastic bag and around it is a collar and it sucks the air out once it makes the hole and then seals it with heat. Way cool. And as I think about it, I haven't used this in my motorhome yet, one of the other problems that I have with space is bringing a lot of storage containers because they take up room as well. And with these Aliso bags that come with the um, sealer, you can reuse each reuse bag the bags. up That's to 20 cool. times. That's way That's cool. So wow. with just a few plastic bags, I could store and freeze um, leftovers or pieces
0: so of meat. Actually, this or, is almost better than the other machine. I
1: think so. Or vegetables yeah. or whatever. You know, you go to a farmer's market sometimes, and there there's good stuff there, but more than you want to eat at any one time. So even if
0: you didn't cook it, you could just throw it in there?
1: It, depending on what it is. Um, right. Vegetables, you'd probably want to blanch first
0: before you close right. them, but... Uh,
1: The idea of being able to reuse these bags, because they're not cheap, but um, getting 20 20,
0: uh, uses
1: out of of it would be uh, great. So I'm really excited about this product. And I would imagine if you found it on the line somewhere, you could get it a lot cheaper than I got it at Sharper Image. But I had never seen it before, and it just seemed like such a good idea. I'm really excited about using it.
0: So I can look forward to really tasty vegetables in the near future, right?
1: mm-hmm. and some <laughs> oh. Thanksgiving turkey. The hamburgers may be actually coming. sound
0: better, but some Thanksgiving
1: but turkey maybe. It not only stores
0: them at, a, at the smallest possible size because all the air sucked out, but it also has reusableness to it, so that you can. And the thing is, a small size, perfect for RVing. We always look for those things. Next thing, you need to get yourself an LED flashlight system.
1: Oh, your headlamp, the one that makes you look like a coal (laughs) miner? Is that what you're talking
0: about? LED flashlights, you know, last a a long time, are very bright, and have come of age so that they're not all that expensive anymore, and they are much more efficient than than the old uh, type of flashlight. Because in the RV, sometimes, you know, you leave them for a long time, uh, over the winter, through the summer, and you want it to work. And if you, uh, the LED ones uh, will last a lot longer. And the headlight idea, if you're the RV maintenance person, or if you get out in the middle of the, you arrive someplace at night, it's going to be tough to hook up. So you have your headlight on and you can see.
1: I remember using it once too when we were on the caravan because every night we would have meetings about where we were going to go the next day. And I would take notes and um, you plop that thing on my head and I looked like an idiot, but it helped me to see what I was writing. (laughs) came in quite
0: handy. We won't say anything else about that. But I do have pictures if you'd like to see it. <laughs> uh, how about an MP3 player uh, with an FM transmitter so that you can listen to podcasts and music through your uh, your stereo system? MP3 players, uh, the notable one, of course, is the iPod. Uh, boy, I was down looking at the uh, the new iPod shuffles, and are they small and actually very reasonably priced. But if you don't have an MP3 player to store your music on as you're traveling down the road then you need to take a look at uh, that as an option rather than using CDs which only last an hour each you can buy an mp3 player which will last you well we we took it on our cruise our mp3 players and I didn't listen to the same thing twice in in two weeks in a month sorry so it had enough stuff on it to keep busy for a month
1: and I brought a lot of books online
0: yeah of course there's all sorts of cool things and not only is the RV navigator podcast essential. For every MP3 player, but <laughs> but you can download all sorts of other podcasts as well as books, and take all of your CDs and rip them, which is the process of turning them into digital form that you can put into a podcast, I mean, into an MP3 player, and you'll be uh, taking along all of your entertainment for months to come. Now this one I'm thinking about buying, but I haven't bought it yet. Maybe somebody has a suggestion. This is a product by a company called Intervac. And I think we all kind of think as a, a nice feature would be to have a central vacuum system. They're fairly expensive to install. This company makes a surface mount central vac system. How's that cool? So, it, where, where does the dirt go? No, it goes inside the vacuum cleaner. But the vacuum cleaner cleaner is square and thin.
1: Like a notebook,
0: yeah. So that you can mount it on a cabinet, and then it has a long hose that it attaches to it, that you can then vacuum your entire RV without having to move the central vacuum So I mean, the central vacs are just vacuum cleaners that are mounted in the bay someplace.
1: So then you must have a lot of hose that
0: you. Need to well, you always have the. Well, no, it, no, that's another cool thing. It's only got an eight-foot hose, which expands to forty feet. Oh, that's cool. So that, yes, so that the hose is small, the unit is small, and it's full-powered vacuum cleaner. It'll pull 100 megaliters of whatever whatever they measure by. And of dirt? <laughs> of dirt or whatever.
1: Does it use filters? Oh, well, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it just sprays the dirt out into the RV.
1: <laughs> I was thinking out the door.
0: No, this isn't. This is attached. Make your
1: neighbor is <laughs> really happy. To spray the dirt at them.
0: <laughs> well, when you see it, you'll like it, and well, you're going an to enjoy it idea. very much when you get it for Christmas. Well,
1: I like I like the idea of having a small hose extends a long distance because I hate having all that hose laying around.
0: Well, and this is a nice unit because it just attaches to a cabinet. You know, like a flat space, like next to the like you have to mount it like or like suction cup. Uh, I think either way. Uh-huh. We'll have a full report later on. <laughs> Maybe this wasn't such a good idea after all. <laughs> oh well, some of my ideas are not so great. How about uh, a new digital TV? Now you need to start thinking about redoing your digital your TVs because you're going to need uh, a digital TV that has the new digital tuner in it before February, because that's when the TV channels are going to stop broadcasting analog TVs, so your current TVs will no longer get any signal. So you're going to have to have either A, a converter for each of the TVs or you're going to need to buy new flat screen TVs and I think I promoted flat screen TVs quite a lot. They're much lighter, they use much less power if you've got generator or battery or inverters. It's just a much better way to to use your TVs and we're planning to reclaim lots of space The two cabinets that we have for TVs are now going to be reclaimed where we can put our new kitchen vacuum storage thing.
1: our Olysso unit. we don't need any room for that at all. No, at no, no. Time.
0: Our no our vacuum cleaner. Our vacuum.
1: <laughs> now, now you're making this sound very quick and easy. I, I wanna say for an R V or this T V thing is a problem because if you go with the converter box route, then you've got more stuff sitting around in your R V uh-huh. and, and it's crummy. And you've got the same it crummy
0: could, old T V you could
1: fly around and you've got wires to deal with and mm-hmm. that's bad. And if you are like us and your TV is built in, which in many more homes than fifth wheels I've been in is the case, then you have to try to figure out how to make the new rectangular-shaped TV fit in the
0: old square hole. But as we've seen, that's fairly easy because you buy yourself an arm, that, uh, like a swivel, that mounts someplace in the hole, and then you mount the TV on that, which is basically outside of the old cabinet. Then you have the old cabinet for storage.
1: Behind the TV.
0: Yeah. Well, it used to be where the TV was. Yeah. Because the new TVs are only four inches thick, you now have that 18 inches back there that you can use for other things. Could
1: save you some weight, too, I would
0: think. That's what I just said. It saves you tons of weight. It's, you know, better quality, and uh, the aspect ratio is 16 by 9, so all the new pictures will fit nicely on it without cutting off the edges. Movies will look better? Movies will look better. It's just a better system.
1: All you need is money.
0: Well... The issue is, is not if, but when you buy it, because you're going to have to buy new ones. And um, if you're buying a new RV, certainly, certainly, certainly look at what kind of TVs they have in them, because if they, don't, if they have a CRT, which is a standard picture tube, you need to talk to them about replacing it with something else. And even if, if it does have a, a flat screen, flat panel TV, then you need to take a look and make sure that it has a digital tuner All TVs manufactured after July of 2007 have to have this. But that isn't to say that your RV uh, wasn't manufactured before that or the TV was manufactured before that and put into your 2008 model uh, RV. And obviously those models are going to be extremely, the TV models are going to be extremely cheap. So you can see some RV manufacturers taking advantage of that.
1: So a good deal may not be a good deal?
0: Always. Uh, another thing, you know, we've talked about this and that's buying the data card for computer internet. Uh, I look at the at the message boards about all the people connecting up to the internet these days and looking for Wi-Fi and not being satisfied with Wi-Fi. And we rarely use the Wi-Fi in campgrounds because uh, we have the two ways of connecting to the internet, but the inexpensive way is with the data card from Sprint or Verizon. If you have Sprint or Verizon already, you can buy yourself a card that you plug into the side of your laptop And it uses cell phone service to get high-speed internet, not the old low-speed over EDVO. And that's uh, something that's becoming common throughout the United States. And if you have cell service, you probably will have uh, high-speed data service also. And as I mentioned, that costs about $60 a month. But if you're renting Wi-Fi service or having to search around for some types of other ways to connect your computer, then... This might be a viable way. Unfortunately, as I found, you cannot turn it off for a month or two at a time if you're not using it. So that is a disadvantage. And last, I would suggest that you join Escapees. We've been Escapee members for a long time. They have a nice magazine. And Escapees is a great organization for RVers, a nonprofit. And they provide uh, many nice services, including uh, can- mail forwarding. Well, mail forwarding, yes. Which we use, but they also have campgrounds, and they keep track of what's going on in the RV world.
1: And they have rallies and caravans and rallies also. Rallies and
0: caravans, and it's just a nice organization to join, and uh, it's open to anybody with an RV.
1: But it's my impression it's mainly full-timers? Mm, I don't think so.
0: Well, I think full-timers Are more join, likely to need but, it. Yeah, but I think that anybody would enjoy it if you're into RVing in, a, in any sort of uh, serious way. And we assume that our listeners are serious, our viewers.
1: Or thinking about it.
0: Oh, well, I can't do that very well, but uh, that's uh, it for the Christmas show. (laughs) Enough of the presents, huh? We were uh, on our way home from around the world. In the last month, uh, since the last podcast, We left um, Hong Hong Kong, Kong. and we spent uh, two cold weeks in Ireland.
1: Probably, if you were going to go to Ireland, you wouldn't want to go in November. Uh, The prices were somewhat reduced, but a lot of things were already closed. And because Ireland is pretty far north, the days were very short, and we felt like we had to... Uh, cut things short to get to our next accommodation while we could still see where we were going because it was tough finding places in the dark.
0: And we were uh, very pleased with the performance of Artie, our Garmin Nuvi 670 GPS. And you'll remember that we bought the, this particular model because it had both the maps of the United States and the maps of Europe built in. And we anticipate going back to these places, and we certainly will be traveling throughout the United States. So we felt that having the, this model uh, was a benefit, and boy, did it work well.
1: When we were out in of our car, when we were out of um, bigger cities, uh, we found the sign posting to be minimal um, and not uniform. Uh, road signs and names were helter-skelter wherever on various kinds of signs and small, little dark lettering sometimes and sometimes not there at all. And then you would come to uh, a signpost that had 25 signs hanging on it for all sorts of information, including uh, touristic things to do, and you couldn't read it all fast enough before you were whizzing by it. And, of course, as is the case with many European countries, Ireland had many roundabouts. If you've never driven... Ooh, um, do I love roundabouts. ...in a roundabout, uh, rather than having a road intersect in a perpendicular sort of way like they do with in the United stoplight. States... Uh, You come to a circle and usually it's a two-lane circle and you merge in on the outer lane and then you twirl around uh, Looking for the road that you were on Trying to find it once again and get on it again Um, And our GPS was very explicit. It would say um, you're entering around about 400 feet and you're going to get off at the third exit. And sure enough, that was the road that we wanted. It was a real lifesaver. And of
0: course, uh, being the driver and driving on the left-hand side with a stick shift car, which I was not all that familiar with anyway, this made all the turns exactly the same, so that no matter whether you were turning right or left, you got into the roundabout and you went around in a clockwise motion until you got to the direction to the street you were going to get off on. You'll find that driving on the left, making left hand turns, can be a disaster because in the United States we make left hand turns and it's inside lane to inside lane. And boy, wait, do I have that right? No. It's the other way around.
1: You, outside lane?
0: Right hand turns.
1: But in Ireland you did a great job, I must say.
0: It was because the roundabouts have their advantages, but the GPS telling you which exit to get off on. I don't care what road, I just want to know what exit to get out on.
1: Because when we've driven in Europe before, I wouldn't catch the exit fast enough, and Ken would have to drive around and around the roundabout until I could figure out where to tell him to get off. The GPS already knew.
0: But the GPS did let us down, and I think this happens in the United States too. And I'm going on a campaign, and listeners, let's start a campaign to get all attractions and RV-friendly places to put their GPS coordinates on their advertisements and on their websites. It would make it so much easier if you could just put in the latitude and longitude and then takes you there. Because in Ireland...
1: Many of the bed and breakfast places where we stayed didn't really have have an an address. address. And as you know, using a GPS, you need to put in a street number and then the street name, and the GPS will take you right there. But if the address of the B&B is... Hanover House, uh, and right. that's all that you know. Uh, the GPS doesn't so the GPS know is
0: totally what useless to do with that. Because GPSs have to have a spot that you go to for you to enter it in for it to give you directions. It knew where every place was, and when we got to the places, we were marking the spot so it so could bring us back. back. Yeah. But getting there the first time was tough. And the people, when you call them, they... They give, give you these you directions long, which,
1: complicated directions, and they're speaking with their sweet little Irish accent, and they're talking to you about uh, signposts and, of course, and things that you haven't seen yet yourself because you haven't been there yet, and and it was very frazzling for me.
0: And this happens in the United States too. You know, I'm sure you've gone to campgrounds, and they've said. You go down, turn left on this road, and then you go down this road so many miles, and you, you know. Look for the red block. Yeah, and, stone and so, house. you know, why not just put the GPS coordinates down there? And for those people who have a GPS, they can find it very easily because the GPS can get you there. So we're going to start a campaign, and we tried to. <laughs> we tried to. Uh, um, Help the owners of these places, you know, and most of them have websites. You know, this costs nothing to put on, and if I call up and I say, just give me the GPS, don't give me the directions, just give me the GPS coordinates. They should be able to do that. Would be And now they can for the ones that Would be simpler for, be for, the
1: simpler for be them too. They wouldn't have to Much explain simpler. all that to you on the
0: phone. And judging from what I see at the stores right now, GPSs are selling like wildfire.
1: It's really a hot Christmas. It's really item a this hot year. Christmas
0: item, and of course, that's something else that you should consider. There's a uh, Consumer reports tested them very recently, and you know you're talking about three hundred dollars um, for a decent one. You want one that has maps of the whole United States, you want one that talks to you, you want the one that recalculates quickly, but uh, that's very commonly available for a very reasonable amount of money, and the the coordinates are going to become more and more important to these businesses as more and more people start demanding that information and we can start it, yes dear listeners, we can start it as a trend. Every place you go into, you say, put your GPS coordinates on your website and in your ads.
1: Now one thing that kind of surprised me when we were in Ireland, campgrounds we saw, and because it was November, they were um, closed, and there were uh, if there were any RVs in them, they were being stored for the winter, I would think. Uh, But it was nice to see that camping is definitely a possibility in Ireland, and some of the rigs that we saw were fairly large compared to what we've seen. Well, not compared to the United States, but compared to what we've seen in other parts of the world. So that was an intriguing thought, going back to Ireland and the
0: RV. Especially, yeah, and that's something we would consider doing, especially considering the fact that Ireland is small by any standard. I mean, it's smaller than most, certainly smaller than Illinois Like as a state. And so, you know, you can't drive very far, but people apparently do uh, quite a lot of RVing as a recreational activity, and going to the beach and, and things like that. We assume the weather is nice at sometimes during the year, but but <laughs> we not November. RV, <laughs> especially in the RVs that uh, that we saw uh, in Ireland as well as other parts of Europe.
1: Some of them were nice, like overlooking beaches, and a lot of Ireland is quite rural and green, and there were many lovely naturistic kind of places to, to park. Yes,
0: yes, and I'm sure people enjoy it immensely. It's amazing to me that we have this month received uh, at least three emails from people from other parts of the world who listen to this podcast. And I had no idea that, that this podcast would be of interest to anybody other than folks in the United States, not because other people don't RV, but because our RVing style of course, it's called RVing, is very different than it is in the rest of the world. And so to you f- listeners in, in other countries, um, thanks for listening. And uh, send us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you and uh, and hear your perspective on, on what, our, what we call RVing is about. Because in Ireland, as well as most of Europe, it's called caravanning or motor caravanning. And uh, while I was there, I bought magazines uh, just to kind of catch up with what's going on on the continent and uh, across the pond and I'll tell you it's a whole different world. I wouldn't know where to begin with RVing because RVing on that uh, in that area is done by car. you tow behind you a, a, a box trailer a box trailer but it's hitched up very differently. they use entirely different terminology. The pitches are very different. Ah. What's a pitch? That's your campsite. The, uh, the, whole, the whole setup is just entirely different. Not just scaled down. It's set up for a di- whole different audience, I think. Um, and as I say, they have cars that are towing RVs or towing trailers. Now no, I'm going to say this right, are towing caravans that we would never consider putting uh, a trailer behind here in the United States. You know, a 1.8 liter car that tows a trailer, that's just not something we would do. So their trailers must be much lighter than ours. Dramatically lighter. And that means that all the components are always considered uh, worthwhile if they have uh, very light weight. And I look at, and of course, single axle is the standard. No slide outs. No, no slide outs. And fly screens sometimes, that's an extra added feature. Yeah,
1: but Europeans don't have as many bugs as we do. I don't don't know. I don't know if you need them as much.
0: And like I'm looking at this one here that has windows that pop, that flip open without any fly screens. And this one is 1,300 1300 kilograms, which is less than 5,000 pounds. And it's uh, 5.1 meters, which is about 20 feet.
1: Yeah, they weren't that small.
0: They were very small. And that's considered to be a large caravan but it's being pulled by a car which uh we would just not consider towing with so that means that uh, all the components are small there are no double door refrigerators there are no full-size refrigerators they're all the the little ones that run off of um 12 volt and uh, the propane tanks are small the (laughs) the water holding tanks if you have 100 liters that's a lot And, of course, to us, 100 liters, 25 gallons is nothing. You know, no sewer systems. And when you go to the pitches, they have 10-amp service if they have electricity. They have uh, no water storage. So sometimes a very limited amount of water storage. Most of the campgrounds have very nice uh, showers and things because people don't use the ones in their caravans.
1: And from what I recall in Ireland and other foreign countries that we've camped, you don't have the clearly delineated campsites like we do. Uh, there'll be a, a utility pole that has um, outlets for maybe four rigs, and people have very long extension cords and just kind of park wherever they feel like parking and uh, run that cord to the electric outlet place to get their big 10 amp charge.
0: And no separate bedroom. Um, you know, they always have some sort of seating that turns into uh, dinette. a bed, dinette type of thing that turns into a bed. Which, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I I've, I understand that there are people who do full timing uh, in the, on the continent, and I'm surprised because I we we consider our rig to be worthwhile, small size, but uh, it's it's a very interesting proposition to see how other people. Uh, in the world and do their the similar thing that we do. Um, and, but I'm surprised that there are no uh, pop-ups. Or
1: tent campers? Tent
0: campers, which is a, is a big shock to me.
1: Because they're nice and light.
0: Nice and light and tow very well and have lots of space. But I have, uh, in these magazines, I see nothing that, that looks like a, a pop-up camper. And of course, as I look at the motor caravan magazine, all the motorhomes are um, class B, small class C's, uh, all with diesel engines and uh, some innovative features, and there are a couple that have toy hauler type of capabilities with a, a small garage type thing in the back. But most of them are a class C's, um, and you sleep, and the overhead compartment is used for sleeping. So, and you know, six and eight people in this kind. Of, well, we're going to be testing this all out because we're heading to New Zealand and Australia, where, where we will be renting one of these
1: in New Zealand for sure this is just in the planning stages yes. so don't ask us too many questions yet because we don't know ourselves but
0: if you have experience please pass it along maybe we could do a little radio interview and we could talk to you and, and we could learn from your experiences about how you did Australia in New Zealand and as a matter of fact we even had a listener who was in New Zealand and was planning to rent an RV in the United States and that's one of the reasons why she was listening to our podcast so let's talk a little bit about some of the new trends in RVing and what's going on in the RV world. Every November there's the, uh, the RV show down in uh, Kentucky, and there are some fabulous new RVs, uh, American-style RVs, shall we say. Pilgrim is bringing out one uh, that's built around a polymer shell, and the polymer shell is going to be, I think it's going to transform RVs in the not-too-distant future because it allows RV manufacturers to make a one-piece outer shell for the RV which means that the front cap, the roof, and the, and the sides and everything can be just lowered onto a chassis. No seams. Exactly, no seams. And that is just a way cool feature. Not only that, but it makes it much lighter and much easier to fabricate because it's just done in a form. And I think this is going to be something that's going to overtake our, our industry in the not-too-distant future. At the same time, our friends at Newmar introduced a super tailgating RV, a diesel push, a diesel mid-engine diesel, a class A that has two kitchens
1: and two bathrooms.
0: (laughs) One standard kitchen on the inside, and then it has this, this... Uh, Stainless steel roller thing That rolls up on the side So that you can access the second kitchen From the outside Now on the inside it has a 30 inch TV And on the outside it has a 52 inch LCD Why go to the game Why go to the game And uh, it's called the tailgating special And it it has uh, just Way cool features A Gen Air outdoor grill And uh, you have full access To the uh, stainless steel kitchen On the outside so well, I don't know how that'll go over, but it has two two bathrooms in addition to two toilets, so that you can really accommodate all of your friends. All the beer
1: drinkers. <laughs> all the beer
0: drinkers, I guess. I don't know if there's any place to sleep in it or not, but uh, I have some pictures in it. I hope I'll, I'll remember to put up the links. Some kind of some not so good news that uh, that Martha has here.
1: Oh, um, I didn't realize you were subscribing to RV business.
0: Well, uh, you gotta keep you up really with us. really are, a Dave. Okay.
1: And there was an article in there that made me think of the fact that, uh, you know, we're hearing on the news so much these days about housing and um, selling your home and nobody can do it and the whole industry is going down the tubes. And apparently there's a reflection of this in the RV industry as well, uh, because in the last year, um, shipments of new RVs of all sorts are down about 11%. Um, And this article goes into detail about various kinds of RVs, and the statistics vary somewhat between Class A, Class B, and Class C, but um, all of the um, manufacturing of RVs is down a bit due to a lack of demand because people are busy selling their houses. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, which means though that you might get some really good deals on either last year's models or this coming year's models because it might be a buyer's market. It might be a buyer's market, so this might be a good time to buy an RV if you're uh, in that market. And we'll probably give you more reports on that as the as the year goes down. National RV, a major manufacturer of all sorts of RVs, has uh, recently shut down and fired all of its employees. So that's not really good news. It's nice not good to have uh, one of the major manufacturers go out of business. Care. What did
1: National RV make?
0: I can't remember, but they made they made uh, diesel pushers, I know, mm. or at least Class A's of some sort. Uh, they weren't under the national name per se. We want to take a look at uh, something that's we were surprised at, and that is uh, a change in the caravanning in Mexico.
1: Oh, this is very sad. Uh, the first major winter trip we did after I retired was to uh, drive down to Mexico and load our fifth wheel. On a flatbed train car and caravan with 25 other RVs uh, through the Copper Canyon in Mexico. It's terrific, a, terrific uh, trip. a very exciting experience and we felt so fortunate to be able to do it this way because you cannot drive through the Copper Canyon and the only other way to tour it is to do it on a passenger train which is a trip up an overnight and a trip back and it took us five long days to go through the Copper Canyon. We pulled off on the sightings numerous times and did tours and sight saw, and uh, it's it's really a, a highlight memory in yes. terms of the travels that we've done, and in we were RV. surprised to read very recently that these trips are no more because the Mexican government has shut down that kind of RV on train. You can no longer experience. live on your
0: RV as it's rolling down the road down the railroad tracks.
1: Safety concerns. That's
0: what they said, and I'm not sure. According to Trax, uh, one of the major purveyors of this type of caravan, according to them, they've never had a major accident of anybody falling off or being injured uh, during the train movement.
1: And I was quite impressed when we went on. There was a crew that went with us, and they were constantly walking back and forth from train car to train car checking to make sure that you were still firmly attached and that the trains were firmly attached to one another. and Not
0: you, but your RV was and, firmly attached. And um,
1: it, it felt very safe to me. Uh, to me, the only part that was a bit tricky was driving on and off the flatbed cars, and they were very um, helpful and assisted you with that process as well. Clearly well, we found
0: it on overall very... Fun and pleasant experience. They've been doing it for a long time, and they 25 knew years. what to do and yeah, what so. to tell
1: you so that you could get your RV in the right place on the on the train car. And, and I'm really sad. I hope maybe somebody's palms will get greased, yeah. and maybe this Ooh. kind of caravan can resume. Well, wow, that's all but, And now, uh, if you
0: read the Tracks catalog, for instance, uh, you'll note that they they still do the Copper Canyon, but you drive your RV down, park it. Get on a passenger train, go through the Copper Canyon that way, and then come back out the same way and then drive on, on, which is not nearly as much fun. Uh, We found that to be just a terrific experience. And more of a
1: superficial visit to that area, I would think. Yeah, because
0: it's done much more quickly. Um, And the Copper Canyon is one of those places that is a a world-class type of sightseeing. Destination. Uh, destination, exactly. Um, so you don't. So we're sad about that, and we we.
1: we also sad yes. about ourselves. We were. We were. we, signed up we told you. We yeah. were signed up to, to go, go to
0: New Orleans to Mardi Gras.
1: Um, actually, we were signed up to go to Mardi. Maybe it's us. We were signed up to go to Mardi Gras uh, with a caravan the year that Katrina hit. Obviously, that trip did not happen. And As a so, of fact, the company just
0: went belly up. Yeah. And so we've well, been waiting a few years, away. and
1: we've been reading pretty encouraging reports um, that at least the Mardi Gras part of New Orleans is, is kind of back in action, and they need the tourist dollars, and we were ready to bring them some of our dollars this year. And we signed up with a company, we sent them our deposit, we sent in our final deposit, and right about that point, they called to tell us that they were sending us all our money back because the place where we were supposed to camp is still full of FEMA trailers. Whoa! Very disappointing.
0: But yet we read in the USA Today that the FEMA is closing down its trailer parks and uh, well, all they're the people kicking have to the leave. People yeah, out. so I, we're not quite sure exactly what's going on here. So we will keep you posted on that one. But if you're planning on camping in New Orleans, you might want to give it a second thought because, especially during Mardi Gras, because apparently there are some issues with the campgrounds. Because they promised us, I mean, a camp site that was really it nice, like now, and now I see why. Because FEMA it's trailer. where a FEMA trailer was yeah. parked, apparently. So that was uh, that would have been a very nice place to camp. We saw a a new trailer from Keystone. <laughs> we have you have slide outs, you have you know extender slides, and this one has a it adds a second story to your RV. So
1: it's for tall people. No,
0: no, it adds a second story for sleeping and stuff. A six foot four inch room pops up out of the roof. And and like,
1: when you climb it's, stairs, it's, to the...
0: I would well, I guess so. And it adds a second story to the RV for sleeping.
1: And where does all that stuff go when you're on the road?
0: Well, it's canvas, so that it oh, it's uh, canvas, so that it just kind of slides down, which uh, sounds very cool. Uh, you know, as most of you know, I'm pretty passionate about HD TV, and uh, we have a brand new HD TV that we'll be putting in our RV uh, in the next week or so. But receiving h d t v is something that is uh an issue, and I noticed that wineguard now has uh is coming out with this month a new five l n b dish that you can mount on the roof if you're considering HDTV uh, via satellite, then you need one of these dishes. I really hate the wine now that search for different satellites depending on which channel you choose. These have the five LNBs uh, all mounted and ready to go so that it has no movement and no changing of the aiming during the, your watching of TV.
1: Wouldn't that mean you had to wait a long time whenever you want to switch uh-huh. channels? That would be bad for men who like to channel therapy. Uh-huh.
0: Unless all the channels were on the same satellite. satellite. But that was unlikely. And now that uh, I'm just having the five LNB dish installed here at home, so now we will get uh, 100 HD channels on direct tv and that's going to be a big change and an exciting change because uh, all the channels that we and, and i mean and hd tv is just way cool and very high quality and you want to get as many channels as you want and they give you all the channels all these hundred channels for ten dollars a month so it's not even all that expensive but it we want it in the rv too right for now
1: or is that one of those
0: inducing you to sign up fees? Mm, well, I think it's going to be, oh, I think the old channels are going to go away and there's only going to be high depth. Now, I also want to caution you that many HD uh, antenna companies and uh, dealers and RV suppliers are going to be wanting to sell you an HD antenna. And I noticed that going onto the Weingart site that they now make HD-specific antennas. I'm here to tell you that there is no difference between an HD antenna and a regular antenna and that your bat wing will work fine for picking up RV, for picking up high-definition TV. Understand that the high-definition signals are coming across the same channels that your standard TV has always used for receiving um, TV. So, that the same antenna will work fine, and there is no difference between the HD signal and the standards. I mean, there's a big difference between it, but in terms of receiving it in an antenna, it's received on the same frequencies, and so the antennas are tuned for the correct frequencies to receive high definition and digital channels. They may want to sell you something new, but your standard bat wing will work fine, or rabbit ears. It depends, really, uh, on how far away the signal is. It's not a matter that there is a new antenna needed. It's just how far away the signal is. And if it's a far distance, you're going to need a more sensitive antenna rather than the old antenna. But that's not uh, a factor of the design of the antenna, really. It's just uh, or that it's new or old old antennas will work fine. Starting in February, all of your channels will be in high definition or at least in digital so that you can uh, depend on having that kind of a signal and your antenna will work fine. But you will need a new TV because it is not, your old ones are not digital, so that will be a problem. Whoa! Did you understand that? No. What did you understand? I
1: don't know what a batwing
0: is. A batwing is the antennas that we have on top of the RV, the one you crank up and looks like a batwing. Not for me. OK, well what does it look like to you? <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs>
0: and a little in the little amplifier and stuff will work fine. Oh, this brings me down. <laughs> it makes me <laughs> The technology is too much. Anyway, I think we've talked quite a lot uh, today. We hope that we hear from you as our loyal listeners and please send us an email at uh, navigator at rvnavigator.com. And we'll be seeing you next month when we will be on the road again. And we will be headed to Florida where we're going to spend most of the the winter months. And we'll be making the podcast uh, from there, sitting in our lawn chairs, outside with the warm breezes instead of the snow swirling around us like it is today. So this is Ken, your RV navigator.
1: And Martha, the co-pilot, wishing you happy holidays and happy travels down the road.
0: And shall we sing a little christmas ditty here to fade out as we leave
1: not if we want people to listen to us Ah, again
0: so we'll just kind of say goodbye